Tonight we are talking about the show that begins where most singing competition shows end. Welcome to Game Shows, I Suppose. Everybody and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have a fantastic episode today. Brandon Parnes is returning to the show, and we're talking about one of the greatest singing competition shows of all time, The Launch, Canada's Golden Child. But before we get to that, we gotta get through the news. Hello, uh, how's it going? It's the news. So, uh, lots of things. This is the big week of game shows, basically. Uh, this week, the 31st, uh, we're going to see Celebrity Family Feud return on ABC, followed by Press Your Luck, also on ABC, and Match Game, also on ABC. But don't forget, AMC, American Movie Classics, the Breaking Bad channel, is going to premiere Quiz. Uh, based on the Charles Ingram story, so be on the lookout for that as well. Also, the 27th sees the debut of HBO Max, which has uh, Lauren DIY's Craftopia and Legendary. If you love Vogue housing, I, I, sure. Uh, also, World of Dance and America's Got Talent made its debuts on Tuesday. Weren't they fun? Um, and also, we have on the second half of the show a lot of reviews to get through. We got Ultimate Tag, we got The Big Fib, and we got Celebrity Escape Room all in the span of this episode. So, deep breaths as we get through that. Uh, I guess we can do some quick reviews here. I've already talked about those shows in the past. Uh, Holy Moly, Two Maids Return uh, last week. It was fun and cute. I love the way they bid the obstacles. Uh, I think it was very funny uh, when Rob Riggle made fun of the... uh, one of the holes for looking cheap because one whole aspect was they fall into fake water on the crash mat when there's water in the background. I thought that was very silly and fun. Uh, I thought Franken putt is kind of still a bad hole because you're electrocuting contestants and it's like, well, is that really like fun? It doesn't really look exciting at all. But the uh, premise of the show is still there. The uh, tension is still there. And the uh, mini golf challenges are better now than they were last season that I'm on board with this. Uh, I kind of like Holy Moly 2, the sequel, animated Steph Curry, and all that funny stuff. Um, The only thing that I'm confused about is that quarter million dollar putt thing they keep talking about. So it's like they don't get $25,000 anymore for winning the show. Only one person wins quarter million dollars the entire season. Okay, I mean, that's one way to save money. Uh, I say go for it if, if that's what makes them feel better. Sure. Uh, and then I saw Titan Games Season 2. Uh, did you know it's based off the workout routines of Dwayne Rock Johnson? 
and this time around, I would say this show has finally found out what it wants to be. It's very uh, personal. I would say not really rock personalized. It's very like, look how tough this looks. Look how cool this looks. Some of those challenges are very cool to look at. And I was mesmerized by season two. I love the Mount Olympus challenge. I love that final course. Uh, you know, it's kind of like if that mixed with ultimate tag would create some sort of weird American gladiators thing, but, um, I'm on board with the Titan games. I think that's such a interesting format. It felt like they finally found, they wanted to have like a modern looking sleek, like tech, but they want to keep that Mount Olympus kind of vibe with it that I'm on board with. It's a very, it's a, they could, this is like the Herculean games. And I mean, it makes sense. Hercules is the host. Uh, I guess we should get to some news that's actually news. Um, but yeah, Titan games is pretty fun. Go, go see it. Go see Holy Moly. Those are both very fun shows. Oh boy. Netflix has just announced a new game show called Floor is Lava. Uh, according to the tab at UK, Netflix just announced it's releasing a new competition show called Floor is Lava, which is based on the game you used to play as a child. Five-year-old me is shaking right now. We just announced a new competition series called Floor is Lava, inspired by the game where kids jump from furniture to furniture, and this picture from the show is sending me. Not much is known about the show other than NLC teams play the game we're all used to and navigate the floor as if it were lava. Assume there'll be some sort of way to win at the end. There'll be a prize. For it looks like a wipeout kind of course. It looks like uh, some sort of weird liquid goop. I don't know if this is British. I don't know if it's American, but I'm looking at looks like someone's mom uh, looking for help as um, a fake space set is going on, which might be fun. I'm on board with this. This might be silly. Uh, but yeah, Floor is Lava coming soon. Floor is Lava. We, we did tag. We we did uh, <laughs> we're doing floors lava next. Stay tuned for uh, heads up seven up billion dollar heads up seven up coming soon. Uh, three ball takes U.S. rights to primitives COVID safe container format. Uh, three ball Productions secured the U.S. rights to Belgian outfits COVID safe competition series the Container Cup. The original version of the show premiered in Belgium's Veer Network last month puts athletes in to the test against professional athletes in a variety of physical challenges, all pl taking place in two massive shipping containers. All right. The format is sold uh, worldwide uh, by Woven Jaws, which created the original Mole in 1998. Six weeks basically is exciting and noisy offering that could be produced safely in their COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, all right. So we know celebrities live to compete and they haven't been able to during COVID lockdowns. We also know what audiences are clamoring for is fun and exciting content. This show can rally the whole family around a unique and positive entertainment experience that blends serious athleticism with fun and feel-good humor, all done in a way that's safe and COVID-compliant for all involved, and culminates with a significant donation on behalf of the winning athlete. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of fun. That's kind of like a beat the star kind of thing. That's kind of like a like a celebrity cube challenge, but instead of a cube, it's a container. Uh, I mean, that might be fun. Like, I gotta assume the format is you have two celebrities, which are an athlete. They're in two separate containers full of different equipment, 
and they're told to play the same game, and whoever does it the fastest, the best, most shots in a row, most weights, most whatever wins. That might be fun. I would watch that. That might be actually like a cool little concept, a head-to-head show that's like, like, like solitary, but with athletes and probably less solitary. All right, next. Uh, ABC's Renews. So everyone loves Renew dates. Renews. Renew. Shark Tank's being renewed. Uh, you know, uh, Dancing with the Stars is being renewed. Bachelor shows, all that. And who wants to be a millionaire? Celebrity Millionaire is returning. Wants to be a millionaire is returning for a season two. Still with celebrities, though. Huh. If it was one thing I, I thought they would do is they would make civilians on, on the show after a lot of the audience kind of complained that it was mostly focused on celebrities and Jeopardy plugs. But I, I guess they're going to continue with the celebrities for the time being. Okay. Fine. Uh, I guess that way they can make the full million dollar donation. They don't have to pay taxes on it. Something. I guess it's good for the production company. It saves them a lot of money. Uh, well, uh, I guess we'll end on the better news of the day, which is the Daytime Emmys. Uh, the Daytime Emmys, which is game show's biggest night, uh, made their announcements of who's getting the nominees. Uh, so the nominees uh, for Best Game Show and Best Game Show Host are as follows. For Best Outstanding Game Show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, Nickelodeon. Double Dare, also Nickelodeon. Family Feud, Syndication, Jeopardy, Syndication, Price is Right, CBS. So, Family Feud won last year, Jeopardy won the year before, Price is Right won the year before that. So those three have all won. Double Dare and Fifth Grader, these are the newcomers to the Outstanding Game Show column. Both of them are Nickelodeon shows. Uh, Fifth Grader entered its first season last year. Double Dare was in its second season doing the tournament style, I think, Double Dare has been canceled. I kind of wish they got a season three pickup, but uh, who knows? Uh, in fifth grader, still a fun show, fun quiz show. The way they updated it, it it's the best version of the format. Uh, which on Cena, you can't see him. So those two are really good for Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon's finally getting involved in the best game show game. Great for them. Uh, and then with Family Feud, Jeopardy, and Price is Right, that's a real head-to-head-to-head competition as well. Price is Right is Americana. Everyone knows Price is Right, Plinko, all those little mini-games. As long as there's consumption and we're in a capitalist hellscape, Price is Right will still be on the air. Jeopardy is the ambassador for game shows. It doesn't matter who you are. Jeopardy is that format that people think of when they think of a game show. And it doesn't matter who you are, there's a category that's going to come up and you're going to play along with it. So you can be a sports star, you can be a pop culture expert, a bookworm, it doesn't matter. Jeopardy has something for everyone, and I love that. Uh, And Family Feud is the most versatile game show format around the world. It's played in most countries, and it doesn't matter where you are. It's all the same. Families competing against each other with surveys and filling them out, and there's always someone going to say something silly, and it's going to be very funny to watch. It works. These 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 five shows work on a multitude of levels. If I'm going to be guessing which one's going to win Outstanding Game Show, I'm going to lean towards Jeopardy, only because the greatest of all time tournament. 
but I think they'll consider that a prime time game show rather than a daytime game show. Huh. Family Feud 1, like, that's still a fun game show. Hmm. And Price is Right usually wins. I'm going to go George Jeopardy, but, you know, it could be any of those five. Any of those five could win. As for outstanding game show host, Alex Trebek of Jeopardy, Pat Sajak, Wheel of Fortune. No, Wheel of Fortune's not nominated for Best Game Show. Alfonso Roberto, Catch-21. Not America's Funniest Home Videos. Catch-21 on Game Show Network. Steve Harvey on Family Feud. And Wayne Brady on Let's Make a Deal. Wayne Brady also won the Masked Singer recently, so that's also an exciting thing. Uh, season 2, Wayne Brady, not Season 3. Um, you know, if I had to guess who would win Best Game Show Host, that's tough, because Steve Harvey really makes Feud... But Trebek definitely is still a great game show host. Uh, and Wayne Bray is versatile. Like, he's, he he makes that show his own, so... Hmm. I'm going to guess Outstanding Game Show Host is going to go towards Trebek. Just like I'm saying how Jeopardy's going to get Best Game Show. I think those two are going to grab it. But hey, congrats to all the nominees. Best of luck. Who knows who's going to win this? Like I am usually wrong when it comes to who wins this. But that's that's what I'm leaning towards. I guess we should now start today's episode. This January, all eyes are on Canada as music superstars aim to create a breakthrough song. I got chills all over my body. Mentored by legendary music mogul Scott Borchetta, the man behind Taylor Swift. We're launching your song right now. For these breakthrough artists, one song can change everything. Got a winner! Hello. This is the most fun part. The launch, this January on CTV. This week's episode is the launch. Most likely you're American and you've never seen the show before. So you're probably not going to know anything going on. It's a singing show that's like Songland where there's a single with lyrics that a already established performer already wrote and knows about, and now it's up to one of five artists to do a cover of that and make it their own. So then that becomes the single instead of the artist. It's a reversal of Songland, basically. And it's one of the most clever formats I have seen in recent history. The biggest issue that comes with the show, though, is that comes from one of the main... Uh, people, you know, every so often the reality show has its own hiccups. You know, Kevin O'Leary recently with with the, with the boat incident. Uh, a, there's a president of the United States apparently that's from a reality show, and with this, it comes in the form of Scott Borchetta because of essentially Taylor Swift and uh, a lot of background that comes from that, uh, as well as Scooter Braun in this as well. Um, Borchetta was uh, was an ongoing person American Idol uh, and then this became kind of his show uh, the launch and it was such a cool format that it's like this could be seen as an American series sooner than I establish Rewatching it it is a very clever very cool show and I hope you can enjoy what it has to be one of the most fascinating formats in history and hopefully Brandon Parnes can actually explain why better than I can. So let's bring back returning champion Brandon Parnes and let's turn the tables.
With me on the line, longtime friends of game shows, I suppose, will know him. We love him. Game show connoisseur, uh, host of a brand new podcast about Justin Timberlake, Mr. Brandon Parnes. I haven't done anything else yet of with. (laughs) i've only done two episodes and i haven't done any more since well i mean there's a lot like like you just started and i think i i just started and i just finished because i i just i had a thought about what is it gonna do with the timbercast but i just like i couldn't find my way into it like i thought i had but i am i am actually starting doing youtube content uh i'm in the process of beginning to edit the first video now it's on a game show. It's the show. The series is going to be called Brandon's Passport to Television because, for those who may be familiar, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I keep a TV log of every episode of television I watch because I do a lot of streaming and whatnot. And uh, I've done this since November 2017. And I, uh, I decided to. Uh, people have been saying that I've told like, "Hey, you got to do. You have to like, use that person. There's got to be something you can do with that." So I finally caved in and thought, "Okay, let me figure out a way to do it for like a YouTube video." Um, and so I wrote down all the all the um ones that are streaming, like that's streaming accessible that anybody, at least in the U.S., can stream. And then uh, and then I just kind of chose from there. I did did one of the most recent ones I finished, um, which is. The U.S. version of 100 of the game show. And that's what we are talking about. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> no, not tonight, but hopefully uh, hopefully sometime soon we'll do we'll do a combo, the U.S. and the game. Absolutely, that's usually what we do. It's a show where they get a, get a question wrong, they go out of the game in hilarious, funny ways, unless it's the U.S. Yeah. version, which is a scary fear factor kind of way, like attached to a helicopter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hosted by Pickboy. Hosted by Pickboy, my good buddy Pickboy. Pickboy for president. <laughs> Jeff Suffin. Figure it out. So everything's no, going full Pick- circle. We just did the figure like, it out episode. So honestly, <laughs> though, honestly, Jeff has been such a good, become such a like really nice, kind friend to me over the past like five years. So like as much as we kind of laugh and joke, he's been a kind to me. Well, that's kind of the thing. Like he's very friendly to anyone who's like, hey, what's up, Jeff? He's like, yeah, I'm doing good. And like, it's he like on, he, he let me have his phone number. Like he doesn't have to do that, but he saw I was like diehard you pick live fan, and uh, like one of my proudest uh, professional moments is on the first episode of a podcast, my first ever podcast episode ever uh, was this podcast I did uh, called Fun with Brandon Parnes, and uh, the first ever episode, Jeff was so nice, let me unite the cast of You Pick Live. So Candace, Brent. Jeff is Pickboy and Antonio all came together and uh, we did like a conference call and I recorded it and we did a reunion of the cast of Clive. Now, did you have to pick between an episode of Rugrats, Invader Zim, or Fairly Odd Parents? No, it was like, no, it wasn't like that. It was just like, it's basically <laughs> what the, it, it, it's pretty much whatever the Friends reunion is probably going to be. It is reminiscing on a lot of stuff. But did... it was so cool because that show was so formative for me and being able to reunite that sh- reunite the cast of that show a once in a lifetime jeff is really a sweet guy that's why he's always funny it's like he's like the nicest person and then you see his on-camera personality as host and he's like this dementedly evil sinister yeah, yeah. host and, and I, just I loves and i said even though i interviewed him for another thing he's been so kind to do all my podcast but uh i interviewed him for another show and i said like even though you're you're being yourself like would you like? Would you say on different shows you're using different 
sides of your personality of yourself. And he said, uh, yeah, definitely on Nickelodeon doing like the more energetic, fun, kid-friendly side. And then like Wonder Woman Ways, he said, I get to tap into more like my sadistic side. So, and that definitely shows. Uh, so, hey, uh, Jeff, next time you have free time, please stop on my game shows, I suppose, as well. Uh, please. And I text. I actually texted him the other day when I was finishing up the show because uh, I was watching. It. it took me two years to watch on the ABC app just because time got away. Well, time didn't get away from me. I didn't want to watch it. Uh, but I did, but I just couldn't get myself to. Not for any reason based on the show, just of my own personal volition and wants and needs at the time. Because uh, there's only six episodes of the show, six hour long episodes. So uh, I watched, I, I finished it up. I was on like the fourth or fifth episode and I got a I I saw because they, they revealed the answers before they were the question and the answers. See if you can guess what this question is about before the an- the question is read. Okay. Alrighty. Frozen steaks, a magazine, home security systems, a university. Those are the answers. Which of these items? Was this the 101? Is this the final round question or was this a. No, this was question? a first round question. Okay, so be which of these items uh, could be found in, a, in the Scholastic Museum of Innovation? No. And this is why this show was ahead of its time and so unbelievably topical. Are you ready? Okay. Which three of these has Donald Trump marketed under his name? Frozen steaks, a magazine, and bottled water. No, yeah, it was frozen. The answers were frozen magazine. Uh, frozen frozen magazines. magazines. Frozen steaks, a magazine, and a university. Because <laughs> home security systems, he had not marketed under his name. We have to say yet. Uh, <laughs> yet. Well, yet. luckily, I'm safe, so I'm not going to end up being catapulted into the sea in a yeah. fake simulated death where there's piranhas yeah. overlaid over it. Yeah, um, but I texted Jeff. Uh, what did I text him? I texted him like, uh, "What did I say?" Let me. Uh, it's it's, it's I, a clever little show. Yeah, I said like, uh, "Oh, I said, uh, oh, uh, speaking of crazy times, I ha- I currently happen to be watching Wonder in One Ways, and lo and behold, look what the first question was. Once the answers popped up, I knew what it was about. Not because I remember watching it from first run, because it to me it was obvious. Hope you're doing well. Blah blah blah. And he said, good times, happy Easter, because they texted him on Easter. Aww. <laughs> good, good. Good dude. Good dude. Yeah, this is sweet. But we're not talking about 101 Ways to Live a Game Show today. We are instead no. going to travel well, we up north. A little bit, which is good. The Great White North, known as Canada. 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 Sorry about that, buddy. Did you hear, so... Ryan Reynolds was talking about being like Graham North, Graham North when he was promoting the first Deadpool, and he was like, "It's a uh, oh sorry, but really it's a uh, oh fuck, buddy." Can we swear on this show? <laughs> of course we can swear. He was like, "Oh fuck, buddy." That's what a lot of his friends say and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but no, I, this is I would say when it comes to music shows, I will. I'm one of the flowers. Hey, music shows, talent shows, you name it, they're game shows. Yeah, What's they're d- for sure. There's no difference Especially, between being able to know trivia and singing and a song. And I, I'd say, even though this is more definitely like closer to what we know as reality competition, this is still more of a game show than like American Idol is, mainly because 
the show we're talking about, they're all self-contained episodes. Which I love. I People who know me know I love self-contained episodes way more than part twos, three parts, 10, 11, like narrow it yeah, down the or, middle. Or like, or like, or like uh, continuing type champions or whatnot, like, like match game or card yeah, charts just used to do. Or... One and done. That's all you need. Yeah. And uh, the, or in this case, like overarching season long competition. Yeah. Now singing shows, they're fun. You know, they're fun. I'd say they're just easy filler television because all you need is the license fee for the song. Uh, yeah. Book a few judges here and there. You can have big star celebrities like The Voice. Yeah. Uh, you can get people from the music industry if you want to go that route. And when it comes to an American singing show, the one that I kind of gravitate the most, at least currently, is Songland. Yes, yeah, Songland, which is, we'll mention it, uh, but uh, this show, the, the show that we're talking about, is almost the inverse of That's Songland, which we will reveal. Have we, we haven't revealed it yet. Shall we reveal what it is? Yes, go go on. Say the show. The show we are talking about is CT The Launch. The Launch. So far... And it could be canceled. They haven't said anything, but it's ran. It has run for two seasons in January of 2018 and January of 2019. Uh, so it's a very recent, new-ish. Um, it's, a, I think, a really pretty good format. Uh, it's a fun, fun thing to watch. Um, even though maybe one or two people behind the show, or I'll just say one of the people behind the show, might be a total douchebag. Are you- uh now, which one do you want to talk about, Scott or Paul? <laughs> or Scott. To- Scott. <laughs> uh, so. But I love this show, regardless of how anybody is as a person. I think this show. So uh, on the Songland, there is uh, five or so singer, like songwriters, singer-songwriters, yeah. and they perform a song. And the idea is that they perform a song in front of a huge top 40 artist. And yeah. at the end of the episode... One of them gets their song chosen by the artist, and you get to see them perform and tweak their song to fit a certain style of the musician. Yeah, uh, pretty much. And it's like a big deal because you're the singer-songwriter, and if it's this artist, odds are it's a top 40 hit, that puts your name down in the record book as a prominent singer-songwriter that you might build your resume up, ba 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 This yeah. is the inverse of it because instead of you performing the song for a top 40 singer-songwriter... It's the flip. The singer-songwriter has a song, and they want you to be the, doing the cover of it yeah, and make you, it your own. They have to be the one who, like, so they have a demo. Uh, usually, uh, in the first season, it's Scott Borchetta is the main judge who's there every episode. Then you have a guest judge mentor who's a top 40 popular artist, sometimes Canadian, sometimes American. Oh, boy, Boy then, George. Yes, Boy George. Uh, he was in the second season, and then, uh, and then you have a producer, a a I wouldn't say well known, but a very uh, seasoned, music a Randy producer Jackson, well. if you will, kind of producer too. We're not going with like an asshole kind of jerk bag producer. We're going with like a Randy yeah. Jackson dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, uh, like uh, and some are top forty artists like uh, Ryan Tedder uh, of from One Republic. Republic. Yeah, <laughs> it's Ryan like, Tedder. Uh, he, he's a big producer. He's done a bunch of songs for Kelly Clarkson, Beyonce. Fergie was on an others. episode. I saw Fergie, Fergie episode. Guest, Fergie was a guest mentor. Um, you had, uh, I can't remember, uh, Stefan Macchio, who's a very famous Canadian producer. Uh, so a lot of different people have um, come through this show. And and uh, where was I? But yeah, uh, so yeah, the singer comes in auditions. They have 
five singers. Singers, they could be songwriters, but the point is uh, they're singers. Um, These are people who are not well-known singers right now. These are like people who are just starting out. Some of them have put out and stuff like that, but they're not like household names for sure. And they perform the song, and it's like, this is my yeah, song. They, yeah, they, they usually do a cover or an original song, or sometimes both, depending on how the judges or feelers are telling the judges to feel. Um, and, and then like in Songland, let's mix it up a bit. What if we made an acoustic version? What if we uh, had the chorus? Yeah. You know, there's a lot part of here, this little chorus. Can we just echo it a bit? Can we have you yeah, singing? Yeah, so that's... so. Yeah, I think you're getting ahead of me, George. Because <laughs> so then they audition, the five audition, then they select two out of the five. They select two out of the five to record the action, to record their version of the demo, demo original song. And then they can say like, yeah, we, uh, maybe this version can be an acoustic version, version will be a pop version, depending on the artists are trying to cater the song best to. Oh, you know, you have a raspier voice. Can we have it more R and B style? Can we have? I like. I like when you were singing this verse. Can you like say it again, just for me right now? I like yeah. that. Like that's usually how it goes. <laughs> it's like it's almost yeah, like exactly. oh, here's how music production works. Yeah. Uh, and Love it's a behind the scenes. Sure. Here's the song they sing in, the, and it's all in the studio. And yeah, it's, it's and it's and they have forty eight hours to record the song and then perform it uh, in front of a in front of an audience and it's not a it is a live studio audience but it's not a studio audience live on television it's the show's pre-recorded so i want to make that clear and then at the end of the episode when you're down to your final two uh after they performed a song in front of an audience very important yes the audience votes and the judges vote no just the judges the audience does not choose but they usually gauge it by the audience they gauge a body audience, but they don't actually do on keyboard. There's no, there's just not like it's not like Mask Singer. It's yeah, it's not like Mask Singer. It's not like anything where like they'll they'll let the audience have influence in their minds, yes. but not actual direct. And one of the of producers them. who is one of the judges is the producer of the song, so it really is like their yeah. money, their time, and it's yeah, like exactly. almost an Sue Shark Tank moment. Who are they yeah. going to choose to launch? As in yeah, the show, to, to, the single. Yeah, yeah. they're going to launch that person. Out of a cannon on a 100 ways to leave a game show. <laughs> <laughs> if you sing bad, and one of you will, uh, yeah, you will exactly. be... <laughs> Run off the show, and here's how. We will have to drop this fake cartoon piano on you, and you will be <laughs> crushed under it. That's what I call hitting the right tune. <laughs> That is so pitch perfect. That's so good. We have to do numbers. Here it is. How many pianos does the average American sell if in the last five years? How many how many pianos does Elton John currently have as one of his in one of his eighteen homes? <laughs> Elton, gla- Elton right. John's iconic sunglasses recently sold an auction for how much money? <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, can you can you just do me a huge favor? I know this goes against every uh, saddle on this show. Go for it. <laughs> like, can, can you title the episode "The Launch Slash One Hundred Show"? I'll still say it's the launch, but I'll say it, and we just mostly talk about One Hundred One Ways to Leave a Game Show. <laughs> yes. 
and then I'll still come back and we'll talk about 100 101 ways to leave the game show but then in the middle of it we'll just talk about the lunch board <laughs> uh, uh and your choices are Alicia Keys <laughs> Alicia Keys Christina Aguilera CeeLo Green or Beyonce or uh which one of these three have been a coach on the voice. Yeah. Oh well uh <laughs> But uh yeah, so uh we gotta get through the launch and it's this nice beginning middle end story where you see the demo yeah. tape, you see the acoustic, you see this nice set, they go into the yeah. studio, there's that awe feeling of I made it, they're crying a bit. They're performing in the audience sorta of like an American Idol experience with the same yeah, they- song. Because now yeah, it's not just can you perform it as a little MP3 to pl- to sell at yeah. iTunes. Yeah, yeah. It's... You have to perform their version of the song in front of a studio audience. Which is um, to show, like, can they perform it live? Because if we're going to yeah, sell exactly. this, you know, they're going to have to go out and That's about to different it. shows to perform this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then they choose, of the two, who wins. And this is the twist of the show. Within one minute of after the airs, it's out. Like, that yeah. is on air to the day you can get that song. Yeah, exactly. Once the song, once they say you have been launched, go on your, you can go on your Spotify, your Apple Music, whatever it is, and listen. To it. I would, I would say if you want to try, eh, I've never done this because I didn't watch the show when it aired, but I, I could probably take a wild guess that, uh, what am I trying to say? That if you uh, went on like half a second before, or like a minute before. The song gets like like they say who it is. You could probably find the winner on Spotify or Apple Music already. You're just like looping it up, like we are searching the name. <laughs> yeah, and then like right before they say we're launching you tonight, you'll probably see who already won. You're but like, nobody oh. ever does that. You got I got spoiled. Oh man, <laughs> no. Uh, Forty five seconds. And not to mention, not only is it launched like on iTunes and Spotify and all the music apps, like it is immediately like it's scary fast. Uh, it's also on every iHeartMedia radio station. Like they say, the next yeah, day because... you're gonna hear this song in the United States. You're gonna be hearing this song in the UK. You're gonna well, be I he- think it's mainly Canada. But they're going for Canada. But they're trying to say you're a global superstar through means of Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, through means of Canada. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, and also it recently got sold to Sony Pictures. So odds yeah, it did are... get sold to Sony Pictures in like 2018 after the first season was successful. Um, they said they were gonna make a UK version. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, and an American was like was hinted at also, but uh, yeah. Well, every show that's popular is hinted at an American. And uh, I thought that was going to be uh, I was going to say ABC before they got Idol because this was 2018, be right. right? And Idol was just just kind of like they also announced the American like version of Eurovision. Oh yeah, that hasn't happened yet. I would love to see what that's all. Uh, so I mean, like when it comes to this kind of show, it's it's very fascinating. But yeah. you have to self-contain it, and I don't yeah, know. which totally works. I think it totally works. When it comes to this, they really, I mean, aside from, like, the audition where that's your only time you're hearing ever a backstory of what gets them into the music industry, yeah. you're not getting anything else out of the contestant. It really now just becomes a, here's a story alert. We're going through the song. Let's pound this out. Yeah. You play but this instrument? They do, create, they do create drama. They actually do a pretty good job of creating drama and tension because they're like, because they'll have the producer do like a thing or Scott or whoever. I'm really worried. You'll see them, they'll show, like they'll take the clips of of, of the artist struggling in the recording booth or, or when they're preparing for the live performance. And, and like you'll get this, uh, 
one shot of a of the uh of the producer scott whoever saying if they don't nail this we're gonna have a problem on our hands because if we do not get this this is not a hit we have wasted i think they made the joke like we will have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on this yeah and it's like we only have 48 hours to do this and if they don't nail this this is gonna be not good uh so uh the two uh if i'm so so scott Borchetta, by the way uh yeah, uh, the sorry. guy who's uh, seem as unsavory these days. Uh, yeah, same as unsavory. A lot of Taylor Swift fans hate him because he basically threw Taylor Swift, who he discovered, and like made a huge star. He basically threw her under the bus by by uh, selling all her masters as part of his record label to the guy who hates the most, Scooter Braun, manager of Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande. You know what, Ariana though? Grande. That was last year, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's why they year, didn't bring it back because they don't it know what to handle well with be. Scott. Could very well be. Yeah, I was at I was at uh, our local amusement park, Worlds of Fun, that day. Back when everybody could socialize. <laughs> back when there was a thing called a Ferris wheel. People, yeah. <laughs> you can go get yeah, yourself I a remember, frozen lemonade. I remember just taking a stop down. I was like after lunch or something, or in between rides. I was just kind of sitting down, looking at my Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, Taylor Swift got screwed over by Scott Borchetta. How fun!" So that means that Scooter Braun's going to host a revival version of the launch. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I can I be honest with you? Because Scott Borchetta was, before he did the launch, he was like the in-house mentor on Idol before it got canceled um, by Fox. Like he was the in-house mentor, I think, after Randy Jackson. Like maybe the, like me, I don't know if he was in, in the final season, but like at least two or three seasons before the final season, he was the in-house mentor. And it's kind of, I maybe that's, I mean, he has experience in this like, industry, and not yeah, just the music industry, but in the singing competition aspect. Yeah, so so I think he probably got the buzz from American Idol, like, what can I do that I own? And then he created the Which is a better idol. Yeah, I think it's a better format. It's a fresher format. I think, like, even The Voice is getting stale at this point. They run it two times a year. I would love, I think what would get me watching Voice which I don't watch. I watched it in the beginning, but I don't watch it. What would get me watching any version of The Voice is if they do The Voice Kids. That would probably get me. Oh, wow. I know that they do The Voice Kids over in the UK, and they did one on Telemundo. And they did it in, uh, in, uh, for one scene in Australia. And that's, you know, that's like American Juniors was the last time I saw a kid singing other than maybe America's Most Musical Family on Nickelodeon. Yeah, which I loved, by the way. Did you watch that? I did. I reviewed it, and I was like, I'm. I thought I was gonna hate this. This is the. This is terrible. And then it was like, actually, this is pretty good. It's well produced. The only thing I don't get, and I think you can agree with me on this, why is YouTube star David Dobrik there? Because you see, you inner kids love YouTube. You know, you had Liza Koshy from Double ta- Dare. I, and I think he had a talent deal with Nickelodeon, to be all honest. You know, uh, you had Alex Wasabi on Top Elf. Yeah. yeah Frankie yeah. Grande, he was only there because Ariana got super famous. You got Frankie Grande. Uh, you like the, the, you don't you see Adam Conover host the Crystal Maze? And I don't. But Adam Conover is pretty good on Crystal Maze. I've only seen a little. I've only seen the first episode. I want to watch the whole thing. But just something about Crystal Maze, even the Nickelodeon version, which I thought was very well done, and I've seen a little bit of the UK version, like the Richard Ayoade, I will say, um, which I some people love, some people hate. I I get it, but for some reason, Crystal Maze just doesn't 
hook me as much as I want it. To. It's my favorite British game show, but um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I differ in opinion. I uh, your difference of opinion hurts my feelings, and now I'm upset. And uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I will yeah. say it's one of my, it's my favorite Nickelodeon game show now. Uh, the yeah. only thing I still say it's a little overproduced by means of like it's two games per zone. Adam has to make sure to do a cutaway to cut to commercial. Uh, it and it kind of versus the original '90s Richard O'Brien episodes where it feels very chaotic. Like, what game are we playing? Where are we going? Where are we playing? Where are we playing? Where are we playing? Three minutes go. Two minutes go. One minute go. Yeah. This is very like formulaic. Like, we're going to this zone. It's two minutes. This is an A list. Like, they're playing by beat yeah. by beat, but it's still a fun game. Yeah, and especially with families. And I think. Yeah, I think it works with families. So get ready for YouTubers. Yeah. But going back uh, to the launch, I think that if they were going to do a uh, US version, I think they probably would have hired Scooter right away. See, I was just thinking this, because uh, of the launch, what makes it such a fun title is they got a nice diverse place. They had Country one episode. They had a pop ballad one episode. Yeah. Uh, it's like so every episode's always different. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, this could be the thing where it's the where now you're actually going to find like the actual next uh, singer. So it's not just like. Yeah. And the one of the names I I threw in the mix before you even came in here because you said the launch. I'm like, I know about the launch. I did say Justin Timberlake. Oh, to to uh. To uh, to be one of the mentors. To be one of the mentors, American. Uh, like you got to have. Ju- ju- I think Timberlake is perfect on this. You know this- what's so funny? He has never. Actually, I lied. I didn't lie. I forgot. But he has like he's never obviously judged any of these shows. But he rarely appears on it. The only time I can remember him appearing on any music competition show like in any capacity the only time i actually remember he did like a one minute one two minute uh like pre-tape where kylie minogue brought one of her voice uk contestants to a rehearsal for his concert when he was at the two and that's like i think the only time he's appeared on at least one of an english speaking yeah music competition now like i goes i gotta think like all right uh we have to assume modern grammy winning artists we have to assume uh and then the thing is because this is the launch and it's america you can go into all sorts of places so you can go straight into like her doing a song alicia keys doing a, an episode yeah. uh billy eilish maybe i don't maybe not billy <laughs> Producer, because because yeah, I get the producer. What was his name? That guy. Maybe he should be the producer uh, replacing well, us. No, I, I think I think the uh, the main producer. Do you know who'd be great? Uh, and speaking of Joseph is Johnny Wright, his manager. Oh, now there we go. Now 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 we're now we're sparking. Now this feels like thinking, Songland slash. See, we're mixing it up. We're working together. I feel like- Johnny Wright would be better than better because Timberlake obviously would be the mentor figure because he's a likable guy. You'll yeah, see he would him. be a guest star episode. Uh, you but, can but like as the main judge throughout the whole series, Johnny Wright would be Johnny Wright. Uh, and then you and can go straight into. Then I'm thinking like, wait, because this is America too, and we're going to then they can do into like Latin music, and you can go into yeah, the Latin area. You, you can like Ricky Mark Ricky Martin. I know he's not. 
Oh, he's Puerto Rican. But uh, you get Ricky Martin, Mark Anthony, Eric uh, Fonsi. Louis Fonsi was on Songland uh, this week. Yeah. So it's yeah, like Louis. he can easily do this show and pick the next song. Like I could see him yeah, doing yeah. that. Yeah, uh, no, this would. This, I really would love to see a U.S. version of this show, and because they in the in the Canada original Canadian version, they do seven up. They did seven episodes both seasons. It was six main episodes of actual competition, and then the seventh was a uh, let's bring all the artists together and talk about their experiences, and they can uh, interview each other and what like Actually, a reunion special because you have to do some yeah, sort reunion of reunion special. Yeah, reunion special. But, it's, but so, and I'm yeah, thinking like you get like all these artists, and it's like, wait a minute. So then you can get like Nicki Minaj or Cardi B to yeah. do a rap episode, because then you're yeah. having someone Just discover a new rap talent in an episode. You can like. Have you seen Rhythm and Flow yet? I episode? love Rhythm and Flow. That is such a great watch, show. <laughs> I gotta watch. It is amazing. That <laughs> is the like underappreciated American singing show. Like if Songlin is my yeah. favorite, that's my second favorite. Yeah, I gotta watch House of Flow. I just, I mean, Rhythm and Flow. I, I've just never been a rap fan, but I, it sounds like you don't have to be. You don't have to be a rap fan because it, it's almost like Songlin. Let's break down the vocals. Let's break down the verse. Here is the backbeat. Can you do a backbeat? Can you do uh, like, yeah. like on the spot rap? Can you do this? Yeah. Can you do? Uh, yeah. Uh, it but basically is couple... it basically is proof that like rap isn't just like you know this dirty kind of kind of like kind of yeah. I was gonna say like country star a bit where it was like if we break down country like with rap yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about oh do you have something because if an American I'm going through American format we're still I'm, are we still talking about the American uh, idea version of this because no like... I was gonna move on to some production notes on the Canadian version but if I if I'll let you run for a couple more because uh, it's like we got because it's like. Because with an episode like the launch, you can do eight to ten episodes. Each episode's yeah, a different genre. Do, I think they should do ten episodes of an American version, ten episodes a season. It's long enough for Americans to enjoy, but not too long that they'll get sick of it. And six episodes, they'll be like, they, "We want a little more." And because it's a storytelling format in the second half of the show, you get this great backstory, head to head, almost like the big finale on any of these shows. Like it's the two greatest battling it out. Yeah. And you always end up with a launch. You always and there's always a confetti drop. There's always there's always a winner. Yeah. And and to me, it's beginning, middle, end, perfect. It's like open. To, it's like a closed book. In see you next week, and then you can do your promo because it's American television. Uh, yeah. Next week, the Jonas Brothers show up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't know. Uh. He's he's been dropping the YouTube charts, and now he's looking for the next parody artist. Weird Al Yankovic enters. <laughs> Reunited just for this show only. LMFAO. <laughs> Sorry for party rocking. We're looking for <laughs> we're looking for the next big singer. I'm I'm a little gutted. Red Foo didn't pick me. <laughs> yeah. Red Foo. I totally forgot. Red Foo was a judge on X Factor Australia. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I love like the launch is a great singing show and yeah it's a great format I love it and it's, uh, so let's go to production notes what's 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 some of these so fun the notes two main ones I have well the se first season was hostless second season had a host first season hosting was all done in anonymous female voiceover not anonymous they had a name in the credits but I can't remember second uh, season was uh, e talk host Liz Trenier, I think her name was. Um, 
and she did on camera stuff and she was fine but i think it worked better in voiceover because it separated it sep- it was it was separential kind of like kinda shark worked. tank kind of like shark tank you know how yeah, like in yeah. our version it's just yeah. a voiceover three sharks are yeah. out uh kevin yeah. is still in mark yeah, cuban has not made an offer it's sep- it, it separated itself from other competition shows it focused and even though when they had the host in the second season it wasn't an overpowering type of thing. Uh, I only they were just kind of just standing behind the recording studio, like they're inside working on. Yeah, a little bit of that. And then the and the Seacrest the and time... the Seacrestism of and the launch is. Yeah, yeah. There's not really any of that. Um, but I think it works better without a host, my opinion. But uh, otherwise, uh, and my second big production note is in season two. So season one, the lineup was Scott Borchetta was the main guy every single episode. And you had a guest, a guest, um, a guest mentor who's a pop star and then a producer who sometimes is Ryan Tedder. Um, So it was just three main judges, not three main judges, but one main judge and two guest judges, three for usually every episode in the first season. As I think one time there was a fourth one, but I can't, I think it was Alessia Cara, but. That's neither here nor there. Then in the second season, they add a second permanent, second permanent judge, uh, judge name. They bill, and remember, it's Canada. They bill as international superstar Mary May, who I have never heard. You don't know who Mary May is? You know, Mary, Mary May. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the hit uh, singer. Of MaryMayMusic.com. Mary May. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But yeah, so I just, I thought that always, that that's always fun. Not to be confused Mary J. Blige, who is probably an American musician people would know. But uh, but I think, uh, I do think that in Canada they'd be like, yeah, of course, she's an international superstar Mary May. Uh, She uploaded a video on YouTube. It was seen in Australia once, international. Yeah, but I also feel like not many people in Canada know she, who she is either. So. Does this make me an international podcaster because we're talking about Canadian game show and I'm American? Yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> international um, game show podcaster, Jordan. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that would make me an international podcast guest. International podcast guest, Brandon Parnes? <laughs> uh, the launch, so much fun. Uh, so... With this combination of Bell Media and CTV, by the way, this is network television. Over yeah, in network Canada. television. Primetime network television. Primetime network television in the launch, and it's a complete f- speed-up version of the show. It's not like, say, The Four. Remember The Four? Yeah, I do remember The Four. Or uh, let's, let's go through some of the failed singing shows for a while. We, the, we add... Oh, there's The Four. There's The Next. There's Rising Star. There's Rockstar in excess. Yeah, there's the there's duets, celebrities. But can they sing? Um, can you duet? Uh, Nashville Star, which was successful at the time, but not anymore. Um, I have a list here. Let me of every singing oh. show out there. Uh, let's see here. Um, boy band. There's boy band. Uh, the oh the Glee Project. The Glee Project for sure. Uh, uh all together now in the all UK. together now, which all together now just got got the first four episodes just got posted to amazon prime in the u.s so 
if you haven't seen it all together now, it's a fun watch, even though they only have the first five episodes, not all six of season. It's kind of like the chair Still, meets one versus one hundred. Yeah, it, uh, but I really, I really like uh, all together. Another, wait, I say the chair, the voice. Sorry, the voice. <laughs> I think it's fun. Uh, uh, okay, there's uh, singer face off, superstar USA, uh, killer karaoke, uh, uh, the X Factor, the X Factor, US, singing uh, B. Let's see. Don't uh, forget the lyrics. Don't forget the lyrics of the, hmm. Uh, um, the sing off. Oh, high High School Musical, get in the picture. Yeah, that, that Disney Channel special. Uh, it wasn't a Disney Channel special. It was a full ABC series. Don't get your facts wrong. <laughs> Thanks for your correction. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Let It Shine, uh, short-lived uh, Take That musical uh, BBC show. America's Most Musical Family, which we already covered. The uh, singer takes all, takes it all. The singer takes it all with Alan Carr. Uh, the star. Which one's the star? Uh, the star was a Taiwan... Uh... Oh, that was just talking, talking American, UK, Australia, English language. I go, I go all international. There's also like, uh, there's this mystery singing show where they have like one actual singer behind boxes, and you have to pick yeah. them out as they all sing the same songs from the guy. Oh, and that's a Korean that hit too. Uh, oh, you know what? Stars in their eyes. That classic UK oh, yeah, game show. The, I yeah. can see your voice, which I. I've never seen, but I know Ken Jong's gonna when this blows over. Oh, gonna do the I can see your voice is that show. Oh, is stars in their eyes? No, I can see your voice is the one I was talking about. Uh, they get in, the well, they get like a musician, and it's like, can you detect who they are behind a door with every other door having someone who can ear relates to him? Kind of like if they were in a boy band, someone else that was in that boy band. Or uh, it, so it's like so it's like you have to identify Nicholas Shea, but all the other boxes would be like Brian McFadden, J.C. Chazé. Yeah, and then like a super fan of Nick or, or someone who can e- almost sound exactly like Nick Lachey's singing voice. Yeah. So it becomes his oh, real <laughs> scary. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely uh, a new feature. I see. I like that show. I think that's going to yeah, be. A I would love to see hit. what Ken Jong does. At Ken Jong's. Well, it's part. It's kind of like Deal or No Deal kind of shows. So yeah. you have to assume he's going to just basically comic it up. Like you almost picked the wrong guy. Well, yeah, but he's so great. I love Ken Jong. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's the launch, everybody. That's the launch. Launch is a great uh, singing show filled with amazing talent looking for the next talent through some of their own songs. In a launch yeah. format that is part singing competition show, part documentary series about how a song launches, with the yeah. instant gratification of the second the song launches, it's pretty much yeah, they're going to be an overnight success. Uh, some actually, now that I think about it, one of those songs actually did wind up. Uh, yeah, the duo from the first season. Let me double check real quick because uh, this is the I one. It's like, what was that song called? And it took a while, but I saw one of the um, one of the girls from the second scene uh, uh, is now getting some momentum. Uh, did I saw an article on Billboard or something. Ain't easy. Elijah Woods and Jamie Fine. Yeah, yeah. And the one from the second scene, Olivia Lunny. Not to be confused with Olivia Munn. Uh, not to, yeah, not to be confused with <laughs> Olivia Munn. But that's so. There's such a great uh, appeal to this show that I think. Definitely has crossover for America, and oh, yeah. it's surprising me how this show has not ended up here yet. I have yeah. to figure out like what network. Got to figure out 
I think ABC, not Fox, CBS would be a stretch. I think you're on to something with ABC. NBC, they already have the voice. They don't need another freaking sing show. Um, do, uh, this is what you do. Uh, do um do American Idol in like mid season? Either do the launch in the summer or do the launch in the fall or in the winter. See, I was thinking making this the transitional show. You know, Idol's over, then you have this show, and then it launches right into Shark Tank next season. Well, no, that yeah, well, that would be a summer show. Basically. Yeah, it's the summer show lead-in. It's the Friday night show. Yeah, or or because it's Idol Sunday, so Sunday. Be sure to watch yeah. the launch. Uh, this week we are going to have uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so you're saying it would run concurrently with American Idol? Run concurrently on the last episode. So it's like here is our oh, here's oh, our winner. Oh, so- Stay tuned. The debut of the launch. And then it becomes a Friday show during this. Yes. Here's I the weekend. You. Here's uh, <laughs> Post Malone. Somebody. Or one of the judges. Like here's Katy Perry. Here's Katy Perry showing up. Here, here's Luke Bryan. You know, I just want to yeah. just let you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just think you're a good singer or something. Uh, yeah. he, it's the one voice of American Idol where it's like, look, I know that's a Southern voice, but that is almost leaning heavily into Kermit the Frog territory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or get Lionel Richie. He needs his reboot. Tangential game show talk? Yes. So I wrote something down because I um, I have been watching some. Um, and some of it's game show related, some some of it's not. But uh, so one of the shows that I really, really like, and I, I don't think it got renewed, or maybe if it did get renewed, they haven't announced it, they haven't filmed it, stuff like that yet. Um, but I don't think it got renewed. It's just sad because it was a really fun show. A uh, small show called uh, Battle of the Ages on BYU TV, hosted by J.D. Roberta. It got a season two announcement, but... Well, it, it aired season two, but they were episodes filmed alongside the season one episode. So the so the first 12 episodes aired um, in... Started airing in February. The last 12 episodes started airing in, like, September. But they were all filmed together, I believe. Because you couldn't see any change in... Um, lighting or any, they just look like they were just shot back. Oh, like they say it's two seasons, but it's really forty episodes broken into two. Yeah, yeah, it's really twenty. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a uh, twenty-four episodes broken. The, the Quibi two. model. Yeah, the Quibi model. How is it the Quibi model though? Uh it's 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 there. <laughs> it's not the Quibi model. It's not the Quibi model because they haven't announced any other seasons yet. <laughs> they just announced all these new shows, and everyone's going, "This is bad, <laughs> Hor- <laughs> horrible." Um, but no, like, like the, the last thing I saw on BYU else. TV was, uh, the show called, it was not, not just, uh, it was called All Around Champion. It was oh, all like, all, yeah. I love All Around Champion. I just I, want to talk about BYU TV for a bit because I think it's very underrated in the app is free and it's very, it's pretty easy to use and I really like it. And it's easier to use than quit. And it's free. It's free. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have it on your actual thing, it, and it's great because it's one of the few cable apps that actually is that works like HBO Go or HBO Now. Because when the show starts airing, like like on the actual channel, you can watch the episode on demand on the app. It's immediately same like minute, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, great. I, I and uh, so I've been so all round champion. I really really like. If you haven't seen all round champion, it's. Teen athletes ten, like, basically going into yeah. each other's sports. Yeah, ten af- ten middle school athletes. Oh, sorry, I got some. Yeah, ten athletes. It's basically like a decathlon. 
Like, oh, this is the surfing challenge. This is the... Yeah, yeah. Each week they do a different sport. They have three days to train and then... And um, whoever's the expert in that obviously has the unfair advantage, but they also have to serve as the mentor for that week's episode. Yeah, yeah. They don't get to compete. They serve as the coach, and then they bring on a seasoned professional to coach alongside the um, the middle school. And then it plays kind of like a F1 racing point. And then there's uh, Wayne Bray's comedy IQ, which is just like... I- I think it's pretty good. Which, I don't know about you. It's a it's a kids uh comedy singing thing where it's comedy performance type of Yeah, and I would say it's I actually might even go as far as to say it's better than Bring the Funny. I like Bring the Funny, but I think this is pretty good. I think this might have a little bit better end. And you got Jonathan Mangum in the last episode. Yeah, I haven't watched the last ep- the most recent episode, but uh, this is not a game show. It's it's like unscripted, but uh, another show I really like. I don't know if he's Random Acts. I just started watching Random Acts. That's a really uh, hidden camera show. Hidden camera show where they prank people with kindness. And on paper, it sounds so dumb, so stupid. You watch it. It kind of has extreme makeover effect, extreme makeover home edition effect. Like you just really start to feel for these people who they do the big stories of. And then the little segments, like the prank like segments, it's just. It's just fun and lighthearted, and it's just a really good. It, it, it's kind it's, of that one part of mobbed, just over and over. Yeah, kind the, of, but it's they get at the heart a little bit better than. Uh, um, also, with that hidden uh, axe thing, it's also in some of the things where it's just like, "Here, we're paying for your groceries," kind of bit. Yeah, it's it's my favorite kind of hidden camera prank where it's not even like there's no comedy to it, but the guy who's obviously getting pranked is going like, "What." What do you mean? You're paying for my groceries? Uh, yeah, they still can't believe that. It's actually no, you're not doing that, right? You're no, this is a, no. You're pulling my leg. I am. Yeah. I'm. You're. You're. We're. We, we're cleared it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that um, doubt. It's that doubt that's always like the fun part. Yeah, <laughs> but I just think, but like it just taps into something really, really fun and sweet. And and uh, yeah, what else is on BYU? Just like mom and dad, we've kind of discussed it before. But I, I do like just like mom and dad. It's fun and. And it's a, and that's a Canadian game show. So that's eventually going to be yeah, talked Canadian about. Hey, all round ma- champion is like an, is like BYU. I I call when I log into my log, I say USCA. I don't usually do that, but because it like it's not outright Canadian, you could tell like there's a because they it's a North American, but I don't want to put NA, so I just say USCA. The USCA. Well, wait, there's no Mexico in there. There's no Greenland. No, <laughs> no, no but, love for. Uh, well, other Central American countries that may or may not be part of North America, including yeah. but not limited to Puerto Rico and Guam, and maybe next season because they didn't get renewed for season two. I think it's a really fun. Job. Well, season it's, one oh. is summer sports. Season two is winter sports. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that that's where they were going at with it. They've the oh, season two is winter uh, winter games. They have they already filmed it? Yes. Oh, that's cool. they did back to back. Uh, oh, I think this they they did that in Colorado. I'm led to believe, oh, even though it's Brigham Young University Television, which was assume Utah, but yeah. But uh, okay, this is not BYU. See why it's just the F word described it. Have you shop class on Disney? That is a that's an interesting show. Shop class. Um, I I fell in love with. I know you're probably gonna show shit on it or whatever. It's just a fun, harmless, uplifting, just a fun, like, it's what the UK calls light entertainment. <laughs> that is the most uh, <laughs> Jason Sharon in delivery what do you I've mean? ever heard. It's, uh, it's what they call light entertainment. 
but it is. It's just lighthearted entertainment. Uh, but no, the I've I've seen a couple episodes of that. Uh, uh, the two of, I have seen was the mini golf course and the yeah. skate ramp. Yeah. So you saw the first two. two I, was those first two episodes or no episodes two and three. The first episode was was um I can't remember. I I'm looking think... at it right now. Little free libraries. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's the little free library. I just looked yeah. at the ones that was like, oh, that seems interesting. And you know what? It worked because it's kind of like a... Uh, what I like about these kind of shows is, yeah, there was like a... of who can make the best hole and who can make the best like skate park kind of thing. Yeah. But what I liked about it was minimal uh, stakes. Yeah. And two, it's the idea, the premise is essentially for the Disney Plus audience to watch it and then get involved and come up with their own ideas. Yeah. It's very just kind of like as- it's aspiration. Which, as you, as I keep saying, is should be one of the main focuses of a game show. Yeah, it needs to be aspirational. I want to be on that show. If yeah. it's if and, it's um, if you're looking and you're going, I don't want to really be on that show because yeah, this isn't even a slight towards it. But the only thing I noticed with shop class, and it's not a not a hit, not a slight, not anything. It's just an observation because before that came came out, it came out in January and in November when Disney Plus launched, they launched a series called the Imagine the Imagineering story all about the indigenous Imagineers is a documentary series. Um, and once you see that, when you watch shop class, you're feeling at least in the first episode, I felt like, cause in, cause each the, they have two main judges and the third judge is a Walt Disney Imagineer. So it just feels like in the first episode, because also they go to the Disney Imagineer in each episode, like as the commercial break, they'll call it a moment with the Disney Imagineer to kind of transition in between segments. They'll do that segment. But I will say, like, the, so the first episode I watched, I was like, okay, this is just a promotion for Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, <laughs> but as you go on, it sucks you in. And I was waiting for it every week because they it really, now the whole season's available all at eight episodes. But it was released every Friday. Um, and I fell in love with this show. I even DM'd one of the executive producers who, who's famed Seinfeld writer Spike Fairston, um, and said how much I love this show. And he's, and I, I wrote an article for my website that I never used, but I felt compelled to write an article for about it on, on the, my website or blog. And I said, hey, just wanted to attach and attach this to say how much I love the show. I look forward to it every week. And he didn't have to, but he DM'd me back and said, uh, thanks, appreciate it. I'll send it to Disney. I don't know if he did or not, but it was a nice enough sentiment. And I think that's kind of the appeal of that uh, shop class. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of like the fun full circle we went. We went through an entire journey of, is there any other shows you've watched? or Because um, it's always like a good like two-month catch-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um, so again, kind of in the same lighthearted not really a reality show, not really a game show vein. There's a show that I started. If you're a fan of extreme, which is now available on HGTV. Yeah, they knew they do have the new one with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, which is good. It's fine. It's fun. Um, it's not the same. It's not the same. You mi- I miss that Ty Pennington energy. You um, missed the Sears proc placement. Don't lie. <laughs> Let's uh, go to Sears. It, it does. You realize how little product placement they had on abc compared to how much they have on ABC. i forgot what, it was it like ace hardware or something it was like well no it was best buy and wayfair were the two main ones oh yeah for the for the 
uh, furniture, all Wayfarer stuff. Yeah. And we got you an insignia and television. Design lounge. The Best Buy Design Lounge. <laughs> um, That's right. The Insignia Entertainment on, System. On another Scripps network, on the Food Network, no Discovery Networks, on the Food Network, there was a show that lasted two seasons called American Diner Revival. Host, <laughs> hosted by Ty Pennington. It's basically Extreme Makeover Home Edition, but with diners. And it's cute, it's short, it's fun, and it's awesome. Does he take like a sledgehammer and smash up red tile? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Just... and, and it's a half-hour show, and how it works is, like, uh, is uh, uh, someone at the diner usually nominates the diner um, because the diner's about to go under, at least they say on the show, which is probably true. Um, they have to send... they The owners of the diner don't know what's happening, so they convince them to go away, like the employees convince them to go away for like two days and then they only have like 36 like 34 to 36 hours to renovate the diner and there's all that drama of like we're not gonna get it done in time and then they always do and they probably make adjustments afterwards but they come back and it, they reveal the diner but it's a cute little show it's on the food network app if you unlock if you unlock uh your food network or any of your discovery channels app with a provider a cable service provider that is compatible you can watch this. It's free, though. You don't have to pay any. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of wholesome stuff. Lots of good, you know, if anything, good time to do catch up on some game shows you might have forgotten. Yeah. Mostly all I've been doing is like international format. So it's like rewatch Bullseye, watching The Great Escape, uh, rewatching season one of The Genius Game, because mm-hmm. South Korean formats involving game theory. Turns out yeah. it's still good. Um, and then yeah, I was. I can't. Doing, anything that I've. Oh yeah, go ahead. The only other thing I watched that's like probably English speaking that you would know is Go is uh, Go Go Stop, the Australian kids game show from uh, the two thousands. But I will say, um, I I don't. The only stuff I rewatch is stuff that hasn't been logged. But like, if I log something, I can't let myself re. I can rewatch stuff that I haven't logged, before. and I like com- I like comp- series. So if there's an episode missing that I can't find or it's not available or anything. I don't watch it, which is kind of a bummer, but I, I like com- or <sighs> ongoing shit. I know I can. All right. Um, so before we get going, it's always time for the final question here. Normally, the question would be something about the launch, but I, f- I figured this would be a more funnier question. Uh, when do you think ABC is going to launch Don't and The Hustler? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's okay, your final so question. Don't's already been filmed. Yes. Hustler. There hasn't been any confirmation that it's filmed. I know it was looking for contestants. We know that Craig Ferguson has been announced as host. I don't know if it's been filmed in secret. You might know more than me. I think it's been so. So I think Don't will either be a late last minute addition to Summer Fun and Game, or it will be a winter show that they do after the mid-season finales of most of their show. I think like, they're just going to okay. burn it off. Well, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like uh, Sunday seven, burn Sunday off. seven on well uh, Sundays after America's Honey's home videos during the week. like the when it's the rerun of AFV, not the new episodes. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be something like that. But I hope I hope it gets so. I think it could become kind of like a game of game situation. You remember what happened with game of game? They so put that on the ten p.m. slot on Mondays and. And then it blew up. And it became one of their... It, it became the replacement of Hollywood Game Night, I feel. Like, they're just going to yeah, do yeah, that now. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, yeah, because it was like they filmed it and then you heard nothing about it. Then Ellen was like, I have a game show coming to NBC that I mentioned before, but really haven't mentioned at all. It's going to premiere this Monday night as a special holiday preview. And then it's going to air every every Monday in January. Th- thanks, Ellen. Yeah. That thing. I think it's going to be something like that if the show's successful. And then also, uh, I guess, oh, we, for- we forgot. Oh, it's also going to be an eight-episode run. Adam Scott said that on Twitter. Yeah. We also forgot one last thing. Uh, last time you were here, we were talking about The Wall and The Super yes, Drop. The Wall. Super Drop. Yes. I so was right. It is the round two replacement to two drops. It's just all of it. Yeah, I was right. So, uh, I think I made for a fun format change. Yeah, it was great. And and um, we some of the theories of why The Wall got delayed so long, one of the, one of the ones floating around was... It was just a dud of the season. There weren't many big ones. I think so far, I haven't caught up on all the episodes, but just from hearing spoilers and whatnot, um, like there's been two or three million dollar wins on there. See, I, I maybe it's the opposite. Maybe there were too many big wins and NBC couldn't yeah. dish out the money. Yeah, and they had to wait to get more money. I don't know. That could always be the case too with this show. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's going to be it for this part of the show. Brandon, is there anything you would like to plug or promote? Maybe your YouTube channel again or... Yeah, YouTube channel will be official. You can just search my name. That on. I have a few older videos up that are pretty good. One of them is about game shows. It's It was called Hidden Gems of Streaming Game Shows, but most of the information is out there in 2017. It's about all the game shows that were on streaming at the time, but so many more have been added since Ed... Oh, excuse me. A few of them have been taken away, too. But it's a fun, averagely produced video. So check out the official Braden Partons on YouTube for more yeah, upcoming and, uh, content. And, yeah, and new... I don't know when the first episode is going to release, but a new series is called Passport to Television. It's going to talk about game shows. It's going to talk about sitcoms, reality shows, different stuff. Um, one show per episode. Um, and that should be launching, hopefully, within the next... By the time this episode airs, probably would be when or not. I don't know. We'll see how lazy I am. <laughs> you know, it depends on whether or not quarantine opens up the theme park. No, not even that. It's more just like uh, I'm on a momentum now. We'll see if that changes. Well, Bryn, thank you so much for stopping by, and this episode hey, is about to Jordan. launch now. Now, <laughs> thanks for having me, Jordan. Thanks again to Brain Parts for stopping by. Uh, we recently recorded an episode with him that's coming out in a month or so, talking about another Canadian game show. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, next, I should really talk about the, uh, the the launch. What a fun format this show is. Lots of songs, lots of singing and dancing, lots of entertainment, lots of energy. Um, I'm going to go through all of the songs that have been on the launch because... We want to fill time. Plus, it feels like a Wikipedia entry, too. Uh, so, there be two albums. The Launch EP and the Launch Season 2 EP. All of the songs are available on Spotify. All the songs are available on iTunes. Here, here's the uh, list. First episode was Lucky Lons, and Logan Stotts did that. Ain't Easy, which actually made it on the charts uh, with Elijah Woods and Jamie Fine. A third, Wide Awake with The Static Shift. A fourth was Soldier of Love by Posey. Uh, five, Codes by Jade Inc. Six was Giants by Ethan Young. Uh, then we went to season two, where we got Better by Cassiopeia. Hope by T. Uh, T- Tominson. 
I don't know what the T stands for. I never saw episode. Uh, down to the Roots, Severia was episode three. Episode four was I Got You by Olivia Lunny. Uh, five, Don't Say You Love Me by Maddie Storvold. Is that the M2M song? Don't say you love me. You don't even know. Me. I'm going to get stuck in that song real quick. Uh, and Emotional, Michelle Treacy was the last episode's episode of uh, the launch. 12 episodes, 12 songs, 12 singles. Uh, and just a fascinating show. Like, this is what should be most singing competition shows. I watch Songland, and I like that show a lot because of what goes into the production of a single. This is like a reverse version of that, but still in that same capacity that I also enjoy because you're going to see future stars because of this. And I wish that this show actually came to America because I think if this came to America, this show would be a big hit too. Uh,. This is the show that has the potential to be one of those new singing competition shows where it's like, whoa, that's a big, sh big thing. Uh, and plus, with all the production that goes into it, all the behind the scenes stuff, that, that making the band Diddy kind of thing, it, it would work on so many levels here um, that I love the launch. You know, I just, this song's stuck in my head now. Hang on a sec. Can I, can I, uh, can we do like the singing competition show? Can we get the karaoke track? Uh, okay, th thank you. Got introduced to you by friend. You were cute and all that. Baby, you set the trend. Yes, you did. Oh, the next thing I know, we're down at the cinema. We're sitting there. You started kissing me. What's that about? You're moving too fast. I don't understand you. I'm not ready yet. Baby, I can't pretend. No, I can't. Best thing I do is tell you to talk to me. It's impossible. Eventual love will find a way. Don't say you love me. You don't even know me. If you really want me, then you'll give me some time. Don't go there, baby. Not before I'm ready. Don't say your heart's in a hurry It's not like we're gonna get married Give me, give me some time <coughs> Well, after that great singing I guess it's time for the 110 part series Exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right This is the Pricing Game Spotlight Clearance sale. Premiere date, September 21st, 1998, 0821K. Finale date, June 5th, 2007, 4022K. Premiere date, Drew Carey, February 15th, 2008. But finale date for Drew Carey, June 6th, 2009, 4572K. Yep, it's one of those failed pricing games. And here's what it was all about. So, Clearance Sale was a game where the contestant was shown three prizes, and then they were given three price tags, each with sale prices on them, to place on each prize. To win the prices, contestant must place each tag on a price whose actual retail price is higher than the price on the tags. In other words, put it, the low price under the high number on all three, so that way you win. 
uh, if the contestant wins all three prizes, as long as all three prizes were placed correctly, the price tags are always set up that the sale price for the most expensive price is higher than the actual price of the second most expensive prize, whose sale price is higher than the actual price of the least expensive prize. Thus, there's only one combination of price tags, which results in a win. That explains why Bob Barker always told contestants that while the lowest sale price could be a sale price on any prize, they must be careful where they put that price. Since the game is essentially won by ranking the prices in order of price, this game is often seen as a carbon copy of easy as one, two, three, which which it is. I'm just telling you right now, it, it, it's basically easy as one, two, three, which has the same goal. However, the contestants give additional information due to having prices to which anchor the values of the prizes. On very early performances of Clarence Hill, the easy as one, two, three music cue was used. On later performances, there was a different music cue used in sounds like the time is money theme. When the game premiered, the flaps flipped down. The color scheme was red with the flaps in white with the actual prices below the sale prices. October 16th, 98, color scheme changed from blue to red. This remains red while the flaps became blue. Okay. October 26, 2004, stands became yellow while the sale prices remained red and the flaps remained blue. But let's get some trivia here. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's, I mean, thank you, Prices Right Wiki. Clearance sales premiere was delayed one day due to coverage of the Monica Lewinsky scandal. <laughs> hey, guys, remember when Bill Clinton had the intern? Remember that? Remember the Oval Office? Remember when that was considered an impeachable offense? Remember that? Anyway, welcome to 2020. We're in hell. Uh, the game in Trader Bob was played 99 times before it was retired. Most number of times this game was played any season was 14. Clearance sale was removed from the rotation way into 37, though his retirement was not made official until December 2007. According to Kathy Greco, the game had run its course and isn't worth keeping along any longer. You know what? No. Actually, you know what? I think there was, there's a way he could have made this fun. So... I think this, last week we did Fortune Hunter, right? No, that was lining them up. Uh, and I talked about $5,000 as a prize. And, you know, there's, there's Step Up, I think, too, that's also a cash game. What if you make clearance sale kind of like a you-pick-one-prize kind of game? And it's always like, here's something that's 500 here's something that's 1000 here's something that's 1500 below. And it's like you match it up. And you pick which item you want to go first. If it's on sale... You quote unquote buy it for the sale price of say like five thousand dollars, and then you continue that trend. If you can get through all three prizes and you quote unquote bought all three prizes, you get all three and you get the money. But if you ever go over the prize, then you lose it. So it's kind of like a part step up and part you get three prizes and a cash bonus. Because that's the only way I can think of this game like showing up now is if there was actually buying with the money. So that way it becomes somewhat like a, a part credit card, part clearance sale, and part like you get to pick the price. So if like all the three prizes show up and like it's like a quick, easy grab to win one prize, you would pick like the one that you want, put the 500 under it, and then call it a day. So it's like, I really want the computer, so 500. I really want the home gym, so 500. That way you, you lock in a prize, and the game could end right then and there, but you know the audience will be screaming, you go on, no, you should have switched. And, and, and keep it as one of those tricky guarantee win games, but not guarantee quote-unquote win games. 
Because, you know, the win would be you get all three right in the 5,000. But uh, I, I think that's how it would go. But uh, to me, this game was okay. I kind of see why they switched it with uh, easiest one, two, three. But one thing I missed was all those fake balloons. They had fake balloons on this. Oh, well. Next time on Pricing Game Spotlight, this is going to be tough to explain, but it's called One Wrong Price. The simple game you played as a kid, but never like this. Recently, Fox debuted a brand new game show hosted by the Watt Brothers called Ultimate Tag. Tag is nothing new in the world of game shows when you look at things like Chase on Sci-Fi Channel and Million Dollar Mile on CBS. So, what makes this show stand out? Well, sort of different things so basically uh the the game is played in multiple rounds uh it is played in three parts uh and then a fourth challenge at the end uh simply put the rule is don't get caught by any of the quote-unquote taggers which are like american gladiator knockoffs um Cousins have to get through different obstacles in each round while trying to avoid an american gladiator knockoff uh, but it, it's not played really quite like tag as much as it is flag football because all of the contestants are wearing light-up flags, and it, they are eliminated if they get pulled from them. So it's really more like flag football than really a classic game of tag. Now, in the show that we've seen, which is the first episode, the first round was called Chase Tag. In uh, premise was simply put, all three players uh, are put in a U-shaped uh, course, they can go anywhere across this course, and all they have to be is the last one standing. Whoever is tagged first is third place and gets one point. Second place gets two points. First place gets the full three points. But if at any point you survive two minutes, which is kind of the ongoing rule of the show, if you survive two minutes with any of the taggers, you get a full a bonus point. So the more points you get, the better off you will be in the final round. Uh, so the first round was kind of like a 3-2-1 pole position kind of F1 race kind of format, which always is classic game show staple, which I kind of enjoy. Uh, the taggers, yeah, I get it. They're trying to go for American Gladiators. So you have things like the, the Geek. You have things like uh, Banshee. And you and you try to go with, like, there's these little characters, and they do little cut the little uh, American Gladiator-type promos, like... I'm going to, you better run, but you can't hide from me because I'm going to tag you kind of uh, premises. It's very hokey, but I kind of get what they're trying to go at. Like they're trying to introduce the uh, the main villains of the show, the main chasers, as it were, uh, in in like a quick 20 second promo. Uh, what I appreciate is also that's how much they give to all the contestants on this show is like a 20-second package. So you don't really have time for sob stories in this show. This is essentially a athletic competition akin to American Gladiator. So I can, I can give them like a pass. Uh, in the second round that we saw with the three players, now this is played with men's and women's in each episode. Uh, the second round was called Dodge Tag. Uh, in this round, whoever is the lowest scoring player is eliminated. They all start from one end of an arena to another end. Get from point A to point B. 
Uh, there's trampolines. There's little like ramps. All they got to do is run and hit a button. If they run and touch a button, they get one point. However, if they get tagged, they must go back to start and retry again. Whoever scores the lowest after two minutes is up, combined with you know, Chase Tag's 3-2-1, um, is eliminated from the game, making it a head-to-head -head match in, in the third round. In third round, we got to see two different challenges. Well, okay, really, we saw one, which was Dome Tag. Each of the two remaining players have to go on a playground dome with plastic between two and tubes, and it's 30 feet in the air with monkey bars on the bottom. If they get tagged or fall off, it's considered a life loss, and they continue playing with every player staying the longest winning. One point for every two minutes, just like in the last two games, if they survive the round, and another point for every 30 seconds after that. Uh, the score is three and then two. No one point because the third place person's gone now. Uh, in the alternate third round, which looked really cool, and I kind of wish we saw more of it, was something called Revenge Tag. Uh, they must go around the maze trying to avoid getting tagged uh, with the same three two-point score. It was, however, during the break, which I always hate when things like Gladiators and Holy Moly do it, so this one kind of gets some points deducted from that. I hate when things have been done before. Like, they did that on the Titan Games recently, is that, well, but during the commercial break, we saw this challenge. It, no, 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 no. But uh, to save you the, the time and effort, I checked the rule sheet uh, for Revenge Tank and saw it played slightly. According to the rule sheet, uh, it's played on a giant maze. It's really cool glow-in-the-dark maze. If the player touches a column, which is located in two different points in the maze field, they get 10 seconds to basically do the opposite, and now the taggers become the ones that are the ones being chased by the contestants. So it's kind of like Miss Pac-Man when you grab the big uh, marble and then you try to grab the little ghost. And I thought that's a really cool game mechanic. And they get one point if they do tag a tagger, uh, with the same old 3-2 split because it's the last one standing is win. I love that round. I thought this revenge tag challenge should be like the ultimate tag because I recall looking at um, a, a, a script. Remember they were trying to do Pac-Man as a, as a game show a few years ago? And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. But then reading revenge tag and seeing it played out... It's like, this is Pac-Man. This is like if they made a live-action Pac-Man, what it would be like. And I kind of dig it. Like, of all the competition challenges on the show, Revenge Tag looked the most fun to me uh, as, as a gameplay mechanic. So as we dwell down into the first three rounds, I know what you're saying. What do these points make? Points make prizes. Oh, no, no. It's America Gladiators knockoff. Anyone who's ever seen American Gladiators knows that the bigger your lead is to the, your your opponent, the bigger advantage you get. Yeah, it's, it's a, you're playing for time advantage. Just like American Gladiators, points are a time advantage going into the final round, which is like an eliminator course. One second head start for every point over their opponent. They got to go around the course, climbing up obstacles, ending with one at a summit, which is kind of like the pyramid from American Gladiators. They have to hit a plunger, like like a TNT catapult thing, to stop the clock. Uh, I also like to compare it maybe more to the aggro crag, if anything else. 
there are two taggers, one on the little mountain and one that's on the game play board. Uh, if it, if one tagger hits you and get tagged, that's a five-second penalty. If you get tagged by the one on the summit, that's another five-second penalty, which means you can get up to 10 seconds uh, on your time if you fail. Uh, so it's all really all to play for in this. Uh, whoever has the fastest time. Uh, wins the game and ten thousand dollars, which is cable game show media uh, mi- minimum. Like that—that's GSN money right there. But on Fox, yeah, that's. It is to tag what OSIT is to musical chairs, which is slightly confusing. Complete with a referee determining rule and gimmicks like uh, people being characters of themselves and going, you're going down, I'm going to eat you, arg, I'm the werewolf. Uh, You have people going like, gladiators ready, but with taggers. Um, What I dislike most about this game is the gimmicks on these athletes. Uh, It's understandable why they did it. Uh, we need to make sure audiences can immediately understand them. However, most of these are people are skilled parkour athletes. And the flips and the rolls and the dives that they do, it's really cool to see it played out in super slow-mo. And it's like, to me, that's like the coolest thing about the show is seeing the athletes do like wall runs on, on the play field. And it's like to, to, to see all of these cool flippy shits thing going on just to have them go like, well, I'm the paper boy, and I'm going to see you next Tuesday. Like, I don't I don't think it's really, like, neat. I, it, it just feels hokey. It feels like another, like, it feels like, like, oh, like, like, oh, sit. It feels like they had one guy come up with this idea for a tag-based game show. Then two other executive producers jumped in and, basically trying to make it silly because fox and that was like the american gladiators gimmicks because everyone said this is like american gladiators um and another who said well can we just make this like an athletic event uh and it's so weird because it's like there's so many courses and so many like ideas to play off tag that i think if they ran on that instead of um the gimmick of like, and you're up against a rocket or whatever. It, it just doesn't like sit well with me. It just feels like we made a fake American Gladiators ripoff instead of a real game show. Because uh, cause when you keep doing this, everyone has been saying, and I've been looking at other reviews, they compare to American Gladiators when they keep saying, and the taggers are like gladiators, and the taggers are like gladiators, and the taggers are like gladiators. And I even brought that up. Like, the taggers are like American Gladiators. And when you do that, then your show doesn't stand out. You bury your own show if you're comparing it to something else. And I want this show to stand out because... To me, the 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 flat. It feels like more like Tron than it should American Gladiators. It feels like it should be the space type tag game that's like a futuristic sport than it should American Gladiators knockoff. Uh, I think the ten thousand dollar prize is a little cheap for a Fox game show, but uh, it's okay. Uh, the catchphrase uh, is, on your marks, it's time to play some tag. That's the catchphrase. 
It's not the worst game show Fox has ever created. There is a ton of creativity with these challenges, the the set design. Even the way they casted these people, because wh- whoever are these taggers, they're very smart of what this show is. It, but it's just the, can we make sure they're like a gimmick, like a superhero gimmick, uh, like a blaze, and there's like fireballs. Uh, it's just kind of hokey and, and weird when that's the case. Uh, the basic tag concept brought on for the hour is actually pretty skilled. Uh, without a doubt, there is going to be some attempt to replicate this game show on a playground if social distancing becomes, you know, a, a distant past. The characters, while, you know, disappointing in my end, were very clever. But when I keep watching this show, it keeps making me miss things like Chase or even Capture. Remember Capture on the CW? That was a tag-based game show as well, and that was like Hunger Games themed. Uh, it, it, it did tell well, but it had more clever mechanics. If I was to do Ultimate Tag instead, I would have it be uh, 4 3 2 one kind of like a chopped gimmick, like four lowest score is eliminated, goes to three, goes to two, and then one left standing with four runners in four games. And after that head-to-head summit challenge, there is some sort of final run with a bigger cash prize. Uh, what I wrote down was... For every button pressed, they get $5,000. But for every minute a new tagger shows up, if they get tagged at any point during the game, their run ends and they get the money awarded up to that point. However, if they survive five minutes with five taggers, their money is doubled. Alternatively, they get 1000 per button and their score doubles every minute with a new tagger. So if they hit all 10 in 60 seconds and survive 5 minutes, that 10 becomes 20, becomes 40, becomes 80, becomes 160, which is nearly impossible. I wish there was like some sort of like money clock element in this game. Uh, something where it's like if they can get through 5 minutes, they double their money with with like 10 actuators. So that's why it's like... You can hear the Watt Brothers like, they're going up this little ladder for $5,000. Now they're going down the slide. Now they're going across to the air corner. That's another 5000 That brings their total to ten. And then a new tagger enters the field. Two taggers are on the field, and they're still hurrying up. They have to survive the full five minutes. They want to double their money. And now another mid's awarded. There's three taggers on the field, and they're currently at $15,000. Okay, he's in the hiding. Uh, the taggers are now hiding up, but now they have to figure out where they want to go because if he can survive the full five minutes, that 15 becomes 30,000. And there is like, there's your urgency. So now he's playing chicken to try and run up the money clock, the five minute counter. The taggers are trying to figure out what's the best method to go so they can tag him in the, in the studio. Something like that would have been really cool to me. Uh, I like the WAP brothers as the host for this, by the way. Uh, for some bizarre reason, they are actually really good hosts. I think it's because even though they're all they say is like on your marks, it's let's play some tag. When they get into the commentating station where it's like, well, they got to watch out for so-and-so, it plays like a sports event. So they're not really playing game show hosts. They're playing more like a Fox Sports announcer. Like this could have been Joe Buck doing this on an NFL game, which I actually kind of think is more clever because, I mean, there's always an overlay between sports and game show. And Ultimate Tag is trying to merge those two together. I think the problem was 
either one or two of the people who work on this show are a little too focused on the game show aspect or someone could not figure out that this is supposed to be like a sports concept as well because there's like a merger of the two worlds in this and i think if push comes to shove i want this to look like a futuristic sport like tron then it should look like a hokey american gladiators knockoff uh but when it comes to like the taggers like who they got as these like tag people i'm i'm for it they got enthusiastic energetic people that you kind of like they're kind of charismatic and neat people and it's like i'll be friends with these people the contestants you root for all of them they're all very charming individuals as well it's just when it comes to the well we gotta have like the dome up 30 feet and we gotta make sure this is like very scary because it's 30 feet up in the air and there's no like safety mat except for the crash mat below them oh no you better not have a fear of heights because you're gonna fall oh no like that, that that's so hokey i just want like tag like can you make it so it's like this field looks like a maze this field looks like a, a office complex this building looks like a playground like like look like like if i wanted to do a tag show i want to make it like the courses change every like round instead of just like revenge tag and this tag and that tag just make it like the revenge tag rules i like that revenge tag concept with the ultimate tag in the first round rules like you get one point for everything you catch in 10 seconds but not only that if you're the last one standing you survive something like that works it's, something about this concept is there like i'm seeing a genius idea here but it's like with the, a good host a good set really funny ideas really clever set mechanics uh safety like I will say this is like the safest game show set I've ever seen. Everything looks like it's plush and soft and like I don't think they really want to have any concussions or CTEs at all. That it makes the show really interesting. But with a very low cash prize and really hokey gladiator tie like someone really really wanted like American gladiators to be the taggers, it it stumbles in, in the minds of like this doesn't feel like a show I would want to tune into it makes me want to rewatch american gladiators instead but that show is there this show should continue it just needs to feel like a sport than it should a game show and that's when it will succeed my letter grade to uh this show is a solid uh c plus it's a c plus not a b minus i want it to be an a i want it to be a b but there's like little hiccups there that just make me go ah oh, i want something better and i didn't unfortunately get that with this show you're trapped and running out of time look around solving hidden puzzles is the only way out you've entered celebrity escape room well i mean not you that's ridiculous you're not a celebrity <laughs> Last week, uh, right after the show debuted, Celebrity Escape Room made its debut for Red Nose Day. So this pilot is, I guess, a game show, which we can talk about because it's a new concept, a new format. 
a reality competition show about escape rooms, hosted by Jack Black of Kung Fu Panda and School of Rock fame, available now on Voodoo. For this Red Nose Day special, Jack Black welcomes four celebrities to his house, his mansion, complete with a elevator in Art Deco style. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, those four celebrities were Adam Scott from Don't, coming soon, Ben Stiller of Ben Stiller fame, uh, Lisa Kudrow and Courtney Cox from some NBC sitcom from the 90s that no one cares about. Uh, in this show, those four celebrities are trapped in Jack Black's escape room and have only one hour to free themselves. For every puzzle that they complete, they get $15,000 for Red Nose Day. If they can survive the hour, they get the $150,000. Only three times during the show may they use red noses as clues. If they all decide in unison to use a clue, Jack Black will give them a clue to help them solve the puzzle, get the $15,000, and advance through the escape room. If they fail to escape within the 60 minutes, well, they get any money collected up to that point in the show. That's it. So in this pilot episode... Ben Stiller, Adam Scott, and the friends uh, travel to an 80s high school where they get to re- to to recollect their old high school years, look at their old yearbook photos, wear a letterman jacket, go to the school dance sponsored by M&M's, and have a fun time singing the Beastie Boys. That's, that's about it. I don't really have much left to say other than that's the show. It's they have three rooms and then there's puzzles some are three part some are four part to get to the final one so they get one hundred fifty thousand dollars. uh some of the puzzles are very clever uh very riddles lots of riddles lots of uh, pu- lots of uh rearrange this to get the codes which is classic escape room which i kind of enjoy uh jack black plays host he kind of also plays kind of like a maze master like on the crystal maze where he kind of gives a uh, snarky commentary uh, over what's going on in the escape room. And because this is Red Nose Day, let me tell you, uh, this is an important event, and intersplice this silly, silly funness with the devastating effects of child hunger. I'm not making a joke about child hunger. It, it, it's uh, horrible. It's it, This was really for a good cause. Uh, so I'm not going to make fun of that. But it's kind of weird at going from, like, here's some starving kids to suddenly, like... Here is a cutaway to Kate McKinnon going, I'm trapped. I need help. Ah, I'm Keenan Thompson. I need help. Ah, or I'm, I'm the guy from Ant-Man. Please help. Ah, it, it, it just doesn't slice right is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, but the puzzles were clever. The set is great. The The design of it is fantastic. This was a show that captivated me for the full hour. I enjoyed it from top to bottom. I think Jack Black was a fantastic host. I think they had this great escape room concept with the four, and then they interspliced it with the, um, with the After Effect Confessionals, which is okay, I guess. I mean, I still hate confessionals in game shows because I think that's just an edit point to help editors out in trying to captivate a story. Um and here they kind of try to play it more for laughs. And even then it didn't really, it still didn't click. Well, that's like my big negative with the show was it still felt like no one took it that seriously, which I'm guessing was the point. But at the same time, it's like, well, if you don't take it seriously, then why are you playing for the charity at 
then it's like a weird cross like you want to care enough to win the charity money but you don't want to care enough because it's red nose day and you have to look silly so it's a weird cross uh though it's my major complaint about red nose day uh special of celebrity escape room but this show was fantastic i was like wait the hour is done because it was enjoyable like Every room was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. And I was screaming at the screen because the editing of this show made it look so easy that it's like, you can play along with this. If you can see like where they're going at with this, you can figure it out. And they were really heavy-handed on the celebrity cameos. So you had like Kelly Clarkson show up. You had all the uh, like a lot of SNL people show. It, it was just like, oh boy, this was a night of stars for an escape room. And that's another iffy thing but it's like i could see why they did i'm not gonna really complain because this is a special and this is supposed to be for a charity which is a good cause when it comes to like the format itself though it's perfect it's great celebrities doing escape room uh cool effects jack black screams behind the scenes at them like the crystal maze it works i think the you solve a puzzle you get fifteen thousand dollars ruins the urgency to escape the escape room that it feels like that was just kind of like a a backtrack kind of situation uh if i had uh the chris if i had the this uh version of celebrity escape room and this was a full-on series i would make it so you have to escape for you have three rooms to escape they all have a certain theme so you know like haunted house or your uh your laboratory your 1950s lab your uh detective quarters your 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 ocean whatever is in the minds of the of the of the set designers of the week and it's with one celebrity and three of their friends now they could those three friends could be also celebrities or they could just actually be like just who can they grab real quick but it's going to be based on one celebrity and their chosen charity. Jack Black welcomes them in, and the rule is simple. You have one, if you can escape in one hour, $100,000. You still have your three clues for three puzzles. Uh, it must be unanimous. And the rule is now, uh, maybe three or four parts. Like I would say like three, four, five, if I wanted to be really cruel, or three, four, three. You, like something to extend it out. So they can escape within the 60 seconds, but just barely. If they can escape one room, it's $25,000. If they can escape two rooms, it doubles to 50000 If they can go through all three rooms, it's $100,000. If they somehow screw up even the first room and have a nervous breakdown, even though, I will remind you, three puzzles in round one... <laughs> And you have three clues to help you out. They get $10,000 just because you want to be safe. And along the way, you get your, like, what's this charity about? Why did you do this in the confessional part of the show? Well, Jack Black then transfers back into his weird wizard character of, like, and they're trapped and they have to go through this light puzzle. Can they figure out that red and blue make purple? Ooh. Because that's like the fun charge. Like this part, this show was interject. This was like probably the best thing I have seen in recent history. Like this is a fun game show to me. This was enjoyable. It was for a good cause. I like the set design. I was like, oh, this is interject. This is fun to me. The only thing I dislike was like the 10, 15,000 per puzzle. Because it's like, that's an odd number for a puzzle. 
Uh, it's not split four ways. It's not like what was the idea of that? And less emphasis on escaping the escape room so much as just solving the puzzles. But I I couldn't really get that much upset by it because this was kind of like a fun 40 minutes to watch. Uh, it, this was fun to see Ben Stiller try and solve things, seeing Lisa Kudrow solve things, Courtney Cox, and Adam Scott just, you know, just standing around, mostly, just standing around. But telling jokes, too, along the way, so it was not that bad at all. Uh, I kind of enjoyed I loved it a lot. I give it a solid A. No plus or minus, just a solid A format. I want to see it back again next year. Or I want to see it done into a full-on series. Because I know, celebrities doing shit is something I really despise in the world of game shows. And in the world of television. But, when it comes to the celebrity escape room concept, this works. The four people work. The three rooms work. Jack Black hosting works. I just think it needs to be focused on, you leave the room. That's an escape, you get the money. Not a... Well, you had a good time. Thank you for snapping. No, it needs to be like, we need to keep going. I don't care if there's Eminem's proc placement. I don't care about it, like, celebrity cameos. It, it kind of bothers me somewhat, but to me, that just says, hey, we can have premises for the next season of this. This should not be a yearly thing. This should be a TV series kind of thing. Like, this should be like, next week, we got... Uh, uh, uh <laughs> we got uh what's his face uh we, we got andy cohen on with three friends who are real housewives or next week uh we got uh we we ended up with uh i, uh, I probably will go with more lisa. we can do lisa kudrow again right uh we can go with uh i like like i'm trying to figure out like what will be fun episodes of this because that's what's my head's at it's like if, if you were going to redo this, you have to get another four your celebrities or one celebrity and three of their friends. Uh, like, like you get Sean Hayes to ep- do an episode. You get uh, you get uh, Keenan to do an episode. Something to, 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 to try and, and amp up this show and make it silly and still make it fun. Because something tells me when this show ended, someone had the idea to continue this and make it next year something else. Like, next time we do this, uh, can they escape from uh, this weird uh, laboratory? Or can they escape from uh, the... We did school last time. Can they escape from uh, the bar? Can they escape from this retail mall? Can they escape from... They're going to come up with ideas, something tells me. And this is going to be a full-on series. And I can't wait to see that happen because this is a fun format. I want to see more of this. Solid A, going your way, uh, Celebrity Escape Room. I recently reviewed the Big Fib over on Game Show Gumbo Cast with Sydney. It was like a quick three to four minute review. So this one's going to be a little bit more off the cuff, more uh, just thought process kind of thing. Uh, plus, I have to give it a letter grade, and uh, I will just quickly say it. it it's it's like a C- minus kind of show, maybe a D plus. It's just, like, I've watched a couple more episodes just for the sake of this review, uh, and 
I, I think I figured it out. Uh, I don't like Yvette Nicole Brown as host. I think Yvette Nicole Brown is like the one of the worst hosts of modern game shows because she feels like she's not there. She's not present. She It feels like they tacked her on just for the star appeal. When I compare it to other shows on like Disney Plus, like like uh, the Shop Class or BR or BR Chef, like those have hosts and they feel like they want to be there. And it's Disney, and we're happy you're here. And da da da. Event Nicole Brown feels like she's on a show that's meant for like Playhouse Disney rather than Disney Plus, because she sounds like she's talking down to these kid contestants. And she sounds like she doesn't really want to be there. Whereas Clive, who is the show's announcer, and is also a character actor in this too, because the whole gimmick is like this British man is also a robot for some reason, is more playing the role of the host in Yvette Nicole Brown. And it's like, it's, it's such like a letdown on that department. Because now you're trusting the entire show on Clive. And I would rather have that than just Nicole Brown as in this hosting position because Yvette Nicole Brown does nothing. She doesn't ask questions to these experts. It's all about the contestants, but the questions that the kids ask are like already pre-written as well. That it's like, huh? What? I don't, I don't like it. I, I feel like this is one of the worst game shows of recent history. Uh... Only for the fact it's a kids show, and at no point I don't think it it really attempted to appeal to kids. It felt like a, a show that was like, well, kids like mess, so we'll just throw foam. And they like silliness, like all that, so we'll have silly character actors. But they couldn't like combine it to make it interesting. They made it like the dumbest show. I, I feel like I didn't learn anything. I feel like I lost knowledge watching shit. <laughs> this is a shitty show uh and i hate to say that because it's like disney it's a pristine it's supposed to be a network that is smart and intelligent the first thing you see is like hi i i am so and so i work at a library and i'm an expert in books and then suddenly you have like a crappy UCB wannabe improv actor stop by in like a crappy like get up and go, well, uh, I am Barney Noble and I work as a, a late night bookstore clerk and I have an expertise in books as well because I am a book. And you're just like, this is silly because he's a, he's a book. He, what? It can't be a talking book. Talking books don't exist. This is silly. And then you have Clive go, one of these is a real expert. And it's up to this little kid to figure it out. I'm the big fib. And then you hear that theme song, which I love. You know, that that's actually a cool theme song. The graphic package is cool. The set looks awesome. It feels smart. It feels very, like high highbrow lowbrow kind of thing like you're seeing like william shakespeare but like bus you're seeing globes you're seeing uh push pins on maps of the globe it's like that's clever this is clever <laughs> and then it's like we go straight to a vet nicole brown going hey well, welcome to the show like like she is like what what kind of energy is like this is like a midnight like this is like the fourth taping but no no energy on the vet nicole brown and it's like, uh, what? I, I mean, it, Liza Koshy is energetic. You watched her show. What is up, guys? Welcome to Double Dare. 
this is what <laughs> Clive has energy what's up it's up to the kids to figure out this animal and then the kid gets asked asked pre-written questions to like twice to each of these little these two people and it's like oh you're a you're a beekeeper tell me how honey honey is made well first we extract the wax from the stuff and then we that's great hey how do you get how do you uh pollinate a flower well we pollinate it by first having a romantic afternoon with it we buy a dinner and then you know we uh we just relax on the couch a bit and then we kiss ew and that's like that's the first round of the show it's meaningless there's no prize there's no involvement it's just to get you to know how the format's played so when we get to round two when it's two more people that feel like experts in a different subject matter we play the main game and what what <laughs> then we go back to more uh pre-written questions then there is like props used in that lines of like like then it goes into like my expertise is uh bottom feeders or jellyfish or superheroes or uh night or owls or some sort of like different thing that's like kids might find interesting but also it's very safe like animals so then we get into like this weird world of like well here's a bird's nest what is this bird's nest for the bird's nest is for storing birds that's right but not other birds because some birds can't fit in there like that's the show and then it gets into the next round which is a speed round which is 40 seconds of trivia the trivia is pre-written on yellow note cards. Like, they could not, they splurred the budget in the mainline Big Fib with the Big Fib logo cards on the pre-written questions in the first half of the show. But when it gets to the speed round, we have to settle with, like, note cards. And these are all pre-written trivia questions where you ask Dan Slott, what is the name of Hawkeye's daughter in the MCU? Who, what? <laughs> Comic, uh, okay. Or which baseball player's nickname is Thor? What? What does that have to do with comic books? What? <laughs> it's so horrible. Like, they couldn't figure out how to pre-write questions, how to verify sources. And I think they really wanted to make this show more educational. But they kind of figure, well, pre-written questions might be the case. Making sure it's two somewhat experts, but one has to fib during it is the case because we when we get to the fib part of the show we don't kind of really know who the real person is are they an actor are they really an expert and they just kind of have to fib because they have to play along with the show like they couldn't they didn't detail it that much as to who they really are in the final fib because after the the speed round of 40 seconds of trivia questions per contestant uh it's up to the kid to figure out who is telling the truth and who is lying if they correctly phone uh push the button on the fibber foam drops on them and they win a big fib big trophy which is just the bowling trophy with a pig on it with wings on it because pigs can fly you get it ha 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 and, and then that's it if and then Clyde goes if you fail well dude you can't believe you you got we got fooled but I will film them anyway blah, blah blah and then foam happens and we all have to do giggles and that's how the show ends like that's it's Really, like, I wish I could, like, summarize, like, how bad the show is. 
but it's like imagine they had a great set a great premise and then the format sucked the writing is bad they knew they wanted to have kids but they couldn't figure out what the kid to do is when you're doing a kids game show you're trying to make the kids feel like this is the coolest thing ever this kid the every almost like every kid contestant on that show it looks like they wanted to get the hell off the set as soon as possible they didn't look like they wanted to have they didn't have fun if the kids don't look like they have fun on the show then what makes this a good game show it, it needs to look like they are having an enjoyable time maybe have something where they're interacting with the experts and demonstrating what something is maybe if the expert Maybe if one of the expertise is an animal, you get a safe animal in studio so the kid can play with it. Something. Anything. Because it's like, this looked like the dullest show for kids I've ever seen. At no point did the kid really get to go off the script. Like, there is no questions that the kid can ask to these experts to help them out with who is telling the truth or not. That it, it feels very hokey in that regard like i would rather have a whole round where it's like the final questions are all devoted to the kid like what made you want to go into animal husbandry or what's your favorite subject in school something anything that would help the kid out that's not a pre-written question about animals or pre-written question about superheroes because it was so annoying to see this show and what it could have been because it's clear they had trivia questions like every question is basically trivia it's nothing to do with like hey uh uh how many mammals are there in the world like that's the question so someone who's an expert in mammals would know that instantly but they both know the question ahead of time so you have to go like well, what was the fib? Well, I said there was 10,000. It's really 100,000. Oh, wow. Can't believe. Like, that's that's the show. And, and then, like, whenever there's a fib and they have to explain, like, what did you lie about? Oh, well, I, told, I said that some jellyfish have vertebrae. All jellyfish don't have vertebrae. And then you have a vet Nicole Brown give the, oh, that's so. As if, like. She really cared. Like, no one cared. It, it, it felt flat. It, this show felt like warm soda. Warm soda that is non-carbonated. That's what the big fib is in the form of a soda. Like a flat, warm soda. It looks nice. It pro It's very sweet. But, man, it's missing out on a whole lot of things to make you want to keep coming back for more. And that's kind of like the disappointing part. Like, shouldn't there be like a penalty? Like if you foamed the wrong person, then the contestant gets foamed. Or if you got it right, then you get foamed. Also, just say something. Event Nicole Brown walks away from the foam in the final foam round. As if like, I don't want to get covered in foam. That's messy. Oh, no. When, you know, like everyone else, whether it's Liza Koshy or Jeff Suffin or even Summer Sanders, they'll jump right into that slime. So it's like saying a whole lot about like hosting styles for a kid's game show. If you have a kid's game show, that that kid host needs to get involved somehow. They need to get into the action as well. And there's no action to speak of. Most of the action is done in Clive and it's prop comedy like, oh, here's some vinegar. What is this for? Or, oop, I got a fax with these ones and zeros. And hey, let me show you what it is. Like, that's, that's, that's all the show is. It's so disappointing. It's, 
I was trying to figure out like how do you make the show work, and it's like, well, maybe throw prizes. It's Disney. Give them Disneyland tickets. Give them California Adventure tickets. Something. This is New York. Maybe give them Disney World. It's like, but maybe they don't want to splurge for the prizes, so they're going to do the trophy thing. What if you do two contestants? What if you do two contestants asking questions back and forth between experts, and you and you get rid of that first round with the crappy actor. Or you make it a rule of three. You have two people who are very close to being experts, and then you have the third, the crappy improv actor, be the rule of three. So that way you can light in the show and make it silly then, maybe. Maybe that should have been the thing. Because that first round feels like a waste of time for everybody. You don't really get to know about the expert. You don't really get to know about like the subject matter at hand. Because the whole episode of the day is about one other thing. That it would make a lot more sense if, like, if you were doing season two. If I was to do season two of Big Fib, first I would drop Nicole Nicole Brown, make Clive the main host, have two kids be the hosts, uh, be basically the contestants. They can ask uh, one of two experts uh, who who knows the most about something. Uh, And it's just going to be two against two. Uh, and they can both win because they're both going to win a trophy. I think that's the idea is they win the big, big trophy. So they can both win the trophy if they want to. Um, with the idea being the first round being the pre-written questions. So you have like your five questions that baseline are like, well, here's basic questions. Like what is, what do we know about owls? What do we know about, uh, about cows? What do we know about the, about, uh, chicken farming and then we go into the speed round and then we go to the speed round and it's like well who knows the most about this and then in the third round we create a third round of the show where it's anything goes and in that anything goes round that's the final minute that's the final head-to-head questions i want to ask what's on my mind this is what i think blah 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 blah. then we get to the foam round which is act four which is the final foam and you can have two contestants win. You can have them split. You can have them both go to one way. And if it's split, that's when you actually can have like something silly where they can stand next to the person they're foamed with. And if they're wrong, they get foamed. If they both side with something else and they're right, they both win. And hey, friendships. If they're both wrong, oh, well, everyone's wrong and the guy gets away. But it's still a silly thing and we all end in a phone party anyway. Because it feels to me like they had a lot of things going on at once. But their focus was so much on that education that it kind of dropped the ball on all the things around the show that made it great. Music, great. The set, great. This, these transition animations, which are really silly, but really clever for kids. And I think that was kind of the, that should be the educational part of the show. Like, here, let me tell you fun facts about whales. And let me tell you about fun facts about skydiving. That it that it would have been like, that should be what the kids could get the education from. And then everything around it can be the silly, silly, silly show that they really wanted to go with. But they kind of fall flat because they really want to focus on really poor improv actors. <laughs> and Yvette Nicole Brown going, wow. So you like to do dancing? That's great. Like, that's that's the show. That's the show. It sucks. And I feel bad because it's like this show could have been like a really cool show for kids. Like, this should have been the kids version of To Tell the Truth. 
And instead of a kid's version to tell the truth, this kind of became like, what if we just didn't care about who's telling the truth or not until the very end? It, it needed some more energy to the show. There is no energy. There's nothing for the kids to really get excited about. There's no incentive to really win other than a trophy. That it's like, well, what's the point of the show then? At least like uh, the other shows, there's like some sort of accomplishment. Like the, the shop class, they feel pride in what they've created. In BR Chef, they're cooking in front of chefs. They are winning prizes. They're going to the park. This show has none of that. This show has a trophy, and that's it. And that's what makes it so disappointing. Because I think this show could have been so much better. But they did a contestant versus the house game show. And they couldn't figure out how to best accomplish contestant versus the house. Because they really wanted to focus more on the educational aspect to the point of it's boring. And they couldn't really figure out how to do a deduction show without making it feel like, oh, well, aren't you confused by who the expert is because they're both saying things really intelligent. Like, I don't understand. I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, how can they fix a show? Because Chump is kind of the same way. And, like... You know, would I lie to you is the same way. Like, there's a lot of lie detection game shows out there. But this is supposed to be for kids. And I understand they don't want to really emphasize, hey, adults lie to you. But they really want to make it so it's like kids are smarter than adults. Because they can detect who's lying. But it, but most of the time when I've seen the show, because I've seen, like, every episode now. The kids are basically coin tossing this thing. And I don't want this to end in a coin toss. I want this to end in an assurance. I want this to be like, this guy is saying pre-recorded stuff, so I know this guy's a fake. Or this guy's been saying um too much, which tells me they don't really know much about it, so I think it's them. Something, anything. Because these kids are just kind of there. And what's the point? Anyway, I give it a C. You know what? I'm going to go D plus. I'm going to go D plus on this. I was going to go C minus. I'm ending it on D plus because because Disney plus you get it. The big fib sucked. That's our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check out more episodes over at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. If you want to say hi to me, I'm on Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Do the whole rate, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends about this show. I, I, I will see you again next week when we'll be talking about another great game show, I suppose. Until then, big smooch. Mwah! That made me a house